Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. It's 10-11 on Monday, 4th of December, 2023. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Plenty of the recap from a very, very busy weekend and we will do that here in a little bit. But we start the show talking about the hottest team in the state of Minnesota. That, of course, is the Timberwolves. Joining us now, Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network. Good morning. Hey, Bruce. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. It's a nice little uh, nice little break here before this in-season tournament starts uh, this week, which has given the teams that didn't make the in-season tournament a nice little uh, nobody uh, – Spurs didn't play their last game on Friday. Wolves play their last game on Saturday. They get this nice little three-day break uh, before getting back in the swing of things. Uh, This is a Timberwolves team that's had a lot of of potential pitfalls along the way here. We all know the issues they had taking care of of quote-unquote lesser opponents. They've been doing that. They go on the road for five straight. They win four. They have the tough loss in Phoenix. They come back. And they beat New Orleans in that big comeback win a couple of nights later in New Orleans to wrap up the trip. Then you always wonder, you know, and I, you've seen it a million times, a team comes off a long, even whether successful or unsuccessful, a long road trip. That first game back home can sometimes be a bit flat. What happens? They take care of the Knicks. They take care of the Sixers. They have the tough loss to Sacramento. What looked like a trap game in Memphis, they go on the road and they take care of business. They they keep – you know, they lose Jaden McDaniels, they keep winning. They lose Anthony Edwards, they keep winning. Nothing seems to be slowing these guys down, Alan. It's kind of scary. It is, and that's why they've got uh, tied with Boston for the best record in the NBA is when you handle all those things – um, it, that, that that proves you're one of the best teams in the league. You're doing all the little things it takes to win at home, win at road, under adverse circumstances, um, you know, rallying back late, blowing teams out. You've got nine games this year where the Wolves have had a 20-point lead. So they've, they've taken care of business in that sense. They've won the close ones where they have the number one record in, in clutch time games, you know, close games down the stretch. So they've handled everything that's come at them. And it goes back to something I think I mentioned to you um, a couple of weeks ago coming out of training camp, is that uh, this team just had a very workmanlike approach to the training camp and preseason this year, which really stood out because you just didn't have any of these sort of ancillary issues going on. Debates about, uh, I don't know, somebody's contract or whether or not there's someone's going to be in the rotation, who's going to start. That was all pretty well-defined going into training camp and going into preseason. And I, and I mentioned this to Chris Finch on the tip-off show just the other night. I'm like, you, you, the team seems to be in a really good rhythm. They come in, they get their work done, they approach every game the same. Some of those issues that you brought up, like from last year, not beating lesser teams, they just have a very workmanlike approach. And while sometimes it's not completely pretty, like you know, the Charlotte game probably shouldn't have been that close down the stretch, but they, but they, you know, they bent, but they didn't break, and they finished a, a nice 12-3 run there when they were down by one with three minutes left to go in the game this team seems to have um seem to have that rhythm and that's something he talked about from from training camp it's been the same approach and i think i think guys like mike conley and i think guys like kyle anderson and rudy gobert guys who have been there and done that uh, they're they you know they're pacing the way they're leading this charge and this is not 
this is not a young group either. I mean, Cat's in his ninth year. Um, the youngest players in the rotation are Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards, and they're both in their fourth year, and they've been starting for the last couple of years. So this is a this is now a veteran type group um, led by Mike Conley. I think who, if I had to choose one guy that this team sort of follows after, it's Mike, and he's been unbelievable on the floor, and he's been even more unbelievable off the floor. I think the one thing that that I go back to in, in conversations you and I had, and, and the stuff that I've read about this team, you know, going back to the end of last season, was I, I think they were looking for a maturity factor, and you yeah. know, so there aren't really any major moves made in the off season. They had some some bench signings and, and depth players, that sort of thing, but the core of of last year's team is on this year's team. But it, it does literally look like these players have grown up right in front of us, and, and they have you – know, this group is definitely – I just rattle off all the things that would have tripped them up three or four different times last year, and they didn't trip up once on any of those situations so far this year. Yeah. I mean, you have an opportunity to remake your roster at the trade deadline or during the offseason, basically. And, and the Wolves chose to do that at the trade deadline last year. And then the, the flip flop for you know it, it's it's um, trading Mike Conley essentially for D'Angelo Russell and that 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 was you know while D'Angelo's got his strengths um, what the Wolves needed was what Mike Conley brings his strengths um, just being a solid pure point guard not turning the ball over I mean he had a 200 minute stretch this year um, without a turnover that's that's unbelievable especially for a point guard who's got the ball in his hands as as much as he does that's just unheard of and. You know, you just don't question any decisions that Mike makes. He's just so solid. You know, I, I said the other night in the broadcast, he could go three for nine or he could go seven for nine. And you, you don't worry about his shots because they're the right shots and you can't control whether or not they go in. Um, you just you just hope he's on that night. You don't question kind of his decision-making because his decision-making is just spot on. And we saw that down the stretch as um, he, he executed that 12-3 to three run. He I think he had two, four, maybe seven of those 12 points. I mean, he's just... He, he he just thinks the game at another level. Those 17 years of experience, I think, just um, oozes out of him, and and the rest of the team follows suit. I just it's it's been a real refreshing change, and I think I think he has made the biggest difference. Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network, our guest. Most encouraging thing I know he hadn't been out very long. Most encouraging thing that you've seen from this team in the absence of Anthony Edwards. I think just uh, finding ways to win. Um, you know, it's only been two games, but Troy Brown Jr. is hitting his stride at the right time. He has fit right into the starting lineup. And, and the Wolves, you know, this is this is what you go through in an 82-game season, right? It's part of the adversity you were just mentioning, that you have players out. You have two starters out. I mean, Jaden's missed um, a handful of games this year, almost, I want to say, eight or nine. He missed two to start, and I think he's been out the last six or so. Um, and, and the Wolves haven't skipped a beat. So you can do that. That tells you you are you can handle that adversity, and you've got guys that are in the rotation that can step up into the starting lineup, and you don't skip a beat. That's really encouraging. I thought this team uh, might have the best depth that it's ever had, and I think this team with Jordan McLaughlin um, also out due to injury, your backup point guard, um, I think this team goes 11 deep, and you need those guys during an 82-game season um, and we're seeing that because Nikhil is starting and Troy is starting. Jake Milton, who comes over from Philadelphia, has kind of gotten off to a slow start, but he's still in the rotation. Um, you know, they just they just seem to have a wave of guys that they can bring in, especially when you've got a big like Nas Reed, who's you know averaging close to 13 points a game coming off the bench. Um, and you have games like the other night where you had we had Rudy, you had Carl, and you had Nas all on the floor together. 
Um, I've got still got to look up the plus minus on that. I don't think it was great, but those three guys were playing great. And when you get to an end of the game, guess what? You're playing your best players on that particular night, and those three guys uh, undoubtedly were, were 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 the three best players for the Timberwolves. Uh, we're talking to Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network. Uh, the injury for Ant. You know, what were your thoughts as that play happened? I happened to be watching at the time, and and I I broke my wrist playing boot hockey, falling the same kind of way he did oh. um, when I was like in the sixth grade or whatever it was. It's the only bone I've ever broken in my life, and I did it exactly doing what Ant did, where I put my arms out to try to break my fall. It's instinct. It's instinct. You don't think about it, but, but as I'm watching it happen, my first thought because of my my experience is don't do that but then i'm watching him land on his hip i'm like kind of glad he did that because who knows what kind of damage he could have done yeah just to be clear you weren't trying to take off and dunk over no no i got i I got checked (laughs) i got checked from behind in a boot hockey game and so little sixth grade me got checked by like a 200 pound ninth grader and i went flying and i land when i landed it was like right right on my face basically and i put my arms out to break my fall and i landed on my wrist and that's what that's what happens right i mean cat has done that before um nas did that last year um you know these are big guys going down and the wrist is just i mean you know it's it's just not something you can make uh super strong right it the wrist is a fragile part of your body and so um, yeah, it's uh, it was it was very concerning when he went down, and it immediately made me think, oh, maybe this is why uh, Ant doesn't try to dunk on every single play, even though we've we've been encouraging it, and wanting to see it, we want to see him duplicate what he did over Gabe Vincent of the Miami Heat, which uh, is a highlight that gets erased from the from the record books because of a bad call. But um, yeah, it's dangerous when he goes flying through the air. He comes down. Fortunately, the wrists were okay, but he lands on his hip, um, and just you know, a hip pointer is. I've had a couple of those playing soccer, and that is just that's a lot of pain. Uh, the good thing is that it's not real structural damage. It's not ligament stuff. It's it's not bone stuff. It's just um, you know it's just basically like a bruise. And uh, so he's missed two games, and we have practice. This is the first practice the Timberwolves have had on a non-game day in over two weeks wow. since uh, the New Orleans game. So they've been going nonstop, and they've been getting there. They've been taking care of business. Then coach gives them the next day to recuperate. Then they get in the gym game day. They have a shoot-around, um, and then they come back that night. It's kind of been in that routine for like two, two-and-a-half weeks now. And so this will be a chance to get a couple of days of practice in today and tomorrow and then uh, begin another busy stretch. But we'll see where Ant is today. They're hopeful that um, you know with this nice break from Saturday to Wednesday, that he's going to be back on Wednesday night. Now, and of course, that play, he's got to, he stays in the game to shoot the free throws. That that's yeah. so. The rule is, if he doesn't shoot those free throws, he can't play the rest of the game. Is that what I heard? That's correct. That's so dumb. <laughs> and then they were going. Coach Chris Finch said he was going to take. You know what you do is you take the two free throws, and then you commit a foul right away. Right. To get the guy out of the game. But Ant said he wanted to keep going. Uh, he did, and, and that didn't seem to work very well because it was a couple of possessions where he was really struggling, and then the pain shot up even more. And so then they pulled him out of the game. Yeah, that, and I'm sure I know that that rules all about guys faking injuries to get better free throw shooters on the line. But that, that it's such a bad rule. Oh my goodness! I know this. I mean, did that really happen back in the day? Was it was that an issue at some point in the league that said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to pretend I'm injured on this"? I mean, that's. I'm sure it's rare. happened. It's I, I'm sure, I bet cool. you happened in a playoff game. It probably happened late in a playoff game, you know, with a Shaq you know, type free throw shooter getting fouled. And, oh my, my hands hurt. I can't shoot free throws. And they put like Jordan out there to shoot the free throws. 
<laughs> I guess. That'd be interesting to look back on to see where that rule came from. Yeah. It does seem, does seem a little strange. It, it does. Uh, this week, uh, you mentioned the break until Wednesday night with the uh, the in-season tournament going on. The Wolves don't play till Wednesday, this uh, game against San Antonio, which means you get to see Victor Wembanyama again. What did you think the first time around? Yeah, he's uh, – San Antonio's lost 14 in a row. Oof. I mean, good gosh. You know, and it's weird. It's far be it from me to criticize Greg Popovich, but I'm going to do it anyway, Bruce. Um, they've been playing Jeremy Sohan, this guy at the point. He's really not a point guard. Um, they're trying to pigeonhole him into the point guard spot and give him some, some point guard responsibilities. It's been an unmitigated disaster. And I just, you know, I know Wemby's on his first rookie year deal, and you technically have some time with him, right? You've got him on his four-year deal. He's going to re-sign at the max, so you'll get him for – you know, you'll get him for seven, eight, nine years, whatever it is, a five-year probably, so nine years. But the clock's always kind of running, and I think the Spurs have done an awful job building around him. I think the worst thing you can have happen with a young talent is to be around a losing team, and this team is losing and losing badly. Now, they'll probably come out and be world beaters on Wednesday, but that being said, I just I just don't understand why they, the Spurs didn't make more of an effort to be good um, they've got a solid point guard in Tyus Jones. When he, I mean, not Tyus, but uh, on Trey Jones, his brother. And when Trey Jones plays the point, guess what? Wemby's get set up much better. You need point guards who are smart, who are like Mike Conley, who are like the Jones brothers. Who are com- I, I can't understand, Bruce. People who understand the game don't value Trey Jones and Tyus Jones anymore. These guys um, are. I, I think they get overlooked because of their size, because of what they can't do. But when they can do, is lead your team to wins. Those guys are winners. Just like Mike Conley is, and um, it's it's it, yeah. I guess maybe we fall in love with the points and the risks, uh, the assists and the rebounds and the flashy plays. Uh, give me those guys who win games. Um, and so I, I just I, I think Wemby's being disturbed a little bit from going through these losing streaks. I, that that can't help you. It I know it doesn't help you because I saw it for so many years here with the Timberwolves. You just you need a balance of some veteran guys and some young guys. Um, you know, maybe this will be, just be a blip and they'll get a high draft pick next year and they'll be fine. But I, I just hate to see a guy uh, with that much talent. Wemby is just, he's going to be awesome. I encourage fans to try to make the trip to, to Target Center and check him out. hes He's got immense talent. Yeah, he and Chet Holmgren are just a different breed. I mean, they're just, they're, they're seven footers, seven plus footers, especially with Wemby who's seven four. Um, that that have guard like skills. It's really incredible to see. Yeah, it's, I my worry with Pop is is the same worry with Bill Belichick is you know these guys that have won. They've been such great coaches for so many years. I don't want to say the I'm not. I don't want to rip Pop or Belichick, but it feels like they're in situations where they, they've almost dug holes that they can't get out of, and and you wonder if it's yeah. going to at the end of the day affect their legacies. Yeah, and I just don't. I don't know. I don't see the passion. Like I, I guess. It's an 82-game haul. Like you, you can't read too much into it, but I mean, losing was never acceptable in San Antonio like this. You know, maybe he sees a bigger picture, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, and I, I feel the same way with uh, with Belichick as well. Um, it's really been alarming how bad they have been uh, since Tom Brady left. And um, clearly, uh, you know, it was it was you know, a lot of people. The debate was, well, is it Tom or is it Bill Belichick? Who who's been more valuable? Well. Clearly, it helps to have a good quarterback. I think I think we can definitely uh, definitely say that. In season tournament quarterfinals are tonight and tomorrow. Celtics Pacers, then Pelicans Kings tonight. Knicks Bucks Suns Lakers tomorrow. 
It feels like the NBA, Allen, has gotten what they needed out of this, which is a little bit of a jolt to that pre-Christmas schedule. The Kings-Warriors game last week, the, the, the last game of, the, of group play in the, in the tournament was just fantastic. Yeah, it's really been a nice um, – it's been a nice boost. And I think, um, you know, heading – we don't know what's going to happen so starting tonight, but I think up to this point it's worked out better than the league even thought it was, just kind of like they did the play-in tournament. Um, that has worked out better than um, they, they possibly could have expected. It's just – it has. It's created a nice boost. Um, it's given you something to kind of wrap your head around, check out the new courts. Uh, these teams are shooting for this for this made-up uh, – in-season tournament trophy they're going to get a half million bucks each all the players and um you know it's worked it's worked i mean the the, the generally you know the, the the they say the league doesn't really kick in until the christmas schedule like you talked about but that's you know that's good 25 games into the season and um the first 20 games guess what they matter and eight of the seven of the eight playoff spots are usually determined 20 games in which is a really good stat for minnesota because being 15 and four they've already reached a point where you know, you're almost locked into the playoffs. You're at a 95% chance of getting the playoffs at this point. Um, and that's still with you know, 60 games left to play. Um, so the first 20 games do matter. They matter a lot. Um, but, you know, I think from a viewership standpoint, that's when things start to kick in for the league. I'll try to get you on again before Christmas. If I don't, happiest holidays to you and yours. Thank you as always, sir. Yeah, you got it, Bruce. Happy holidays to everybody. Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network. We're on AM 710 with the Timberwolves coming up on Wednesday night against San Antonio from Target Center in Minneapolis. Coverage at 6.15, tip-off at 6.30. Again, that is on AM 710. Bit of a recap of the weekend, a busy one. 10.28, Bruce Siski Show. We're brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com. Back in a moment on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota basketball after this. At Western National, nice is more than just a word. It's a movement. Nice is there when you call. Nice is sincere. At Western National, nice is the foundation of how we serve every customer, whether it's for your home, auto, or business. And don't we all deserve a little more nice in our lives? Ask your independent agent today for Western National Insurance and experience the power of nice. The Golden Gopher men's basketball team lost at Ohio State last night, 84-74, fighting back from a 22-point first-half deficit to get to within six points at one point late. Head coach Ben Johnson. I thought the fight was there in the second half, but um, you know, on the road against good teams in our league, you can't you can't dig yourself the hole that we did, and then you're constantly fighting to just make it a game. We have to really look at the film and figure out our starts because um, they've got to be better, and, and we've got to figure out that piece. We got to figure out um, you know the details of taking care of the ball early. I think in the first half we had nine turnovers and only four in the second to end with 13 for the game. But those stuff give a team an opportunity to make that run you know early in those first 20 minutes you just got to hit singles and I keep preaching it and I keep preaching it um, you can't look for the home run play you just got to hit singles if if something you know bigger develops and it's obvious then we'll take it um, but hit singles early hit singles early and um, you know hopefully later on the, in the second half maybe you go for something but uh, just the valuing of the ball and preventing teams from from going on early runs and getting those momentum plays just off our turnovers um, you know we've got to do a better job. That's Gopher head coach Ben Johnson, whose team will host Nebraska on Wednesday night at Williams Arena at 8 o'clock. 
That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Listen on your Echo device. Just say something like this. Alexa, play KDAL radio. More to come on this Monday morning. Great to have you with us. We will recap the weekend. Talk a little Packers. Very nice win last night. Some hockey as well. Set you up for what we have going on the rest of this week. Most of which I will not be here for. It is what it is. We'll detail it coming up. 1035 Bruce Siski show brought to you by Sanju. Sanju.com where the cars are. Monday morning edition continues after a news update from CBS. Bruce Siski show. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has ruled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time, this field, this game. It's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good and it could be again. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAO. 10.41. Thank you, Sanju, Sanju.com. That the beautiful expressway, Highway 61 to Two Harbors. Uh, we are tomorrow going to be chatting with Kevin Falness of the Minnesota Wild Radio Network. We'll preview the road trip coming up uh, this week as they are in Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Seattle for a four-game roadie. Game one of that is in Calgary tomorrow night on AM 710. Also tomorrow, UMD women's basketball head coach Mandy Pearson on the radio show. Women's hockey head coach Mortar Kroll this week. Women's hockey senior Reese Hunt this week. Men's hockey player TBD. And Miami hockey coach Chris Bergeron as we head to Oxford, Ohio with the Bulldogs and Miami Red Hawks. A two-game series Friday and Saturday at 6 both nights here on KDAL from the land of Skyline Chile to wrap up the first half of the season. And then a couple of weeks off for UMD before the tournament in Milwaukee on December 28th and 29th at Fiserv Forum, the home of the Milwaukee Bucks. A really nice win for the Packers last night. And I've been skeptical of of a lot of things this season. I'm still somewhat skeptical of a lot of things uh, on one side of the ball, but there has been unquestioned progress and growth by a lot of guys on this team. And it is, it's one of those things. Like I was just chatting online this morning. I had sent the retweeted a message from J.R. Radcliffe, a former guest on this show from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and he was talking about the comparisons of Jordan Love right now at, at this point this year versus Aaron Rodgers at the same point last year, and, and where their numbers were. And, and Jordan Love's got comparable numbers to one of the all-time greats. And I remember vividly how much I despised last year's team because last year's team was they allowed us to build as as fans they allowed us to build championship expectations for a couple of years there it was with Aaron Rodgers it was Super Bowl or bust and it turned into bust last year was the biggest bust because he didn't make the playoffs but it was just one of those things where I didn't like the personality of the team. I didn't like the the growth arc of the team. Some great players. Don't get me wrong. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to get welcomed back and his, reti- his jersey number retired, and deservedly so. I take none of that away from him. But he was declining, and the offense was declining as a result. 
it turned into a lot of hero ball, for for lack of, of a better way to say it. It was hard to watch sometimes. What I'm watching now, it's fun. Like, this is a different offense. It, a different quarterback, it's a different offense. And this quarterback is progressing. He's getting better. Uh, there were a couple of plays last night where he got up to the line or into the shotgun, whichever it was, and he used this count to make Kansas City declare its defense, and then he just checked. And I, I tell you what, you know the, the progression of Jordan Love from game one to right now is incredible. And yes, Jordan Love gets a lot of credit. So does Matt LaFleur. So does Tom Clemens, the, the, the quarterback's coach. They deserve a lot of props for what they've done with this guy. Because it, it, it is absolute you, – you can't go back and think about watching this team in week two, week three, week four as the losing streak began to take hold. Go back to the Vikings game, which was just not you know, like a month ago basically. Think about that game and some of the things that Jordan Love did in that game and then go watch that game last night against a comparable defense in Kansas City and how they're how aggressive they play, how much they like to blitz, how good their pass rush is. And Jordan Love was really good last night. And yeah, I think Matt got a little cute with some of the play calling. I think there were some times that could have kept things simpler than they were. That's all nitpicking when you win, right? And hopefully they can all learn from that. But the defense stepped up, made some big plays in the second half. The Keyshawn Nixon interception, he detailed that after the game and and how he saw Patrick Mahomes check, and he knew what the check was from his film study. And he ran the route better than the receiver did. Tremendous stuff. And I'm really impressed. And I've said this, I don't know if I said it here with Dave. I, I don't think I've had time to talk about a lot about the Packers on this show. I'll probably try to change that here before before the the holidays and try to get Andy Herman in here from from Pack a Day and and we'll wrap a little bit about this team. But I said this down the hall on a different station. If I didn't say it here, I, I, at this point, going into this Kansas City game, I was hoping that they could win because what it did to me was it it created. First off, this was a relevant game against a really good opponent in a big spot, in a big spotlight on national television in front of 25 million people or or more, whatever the number ends up being. And, and getting these young guys that kind of experience is unbelievably valuable because you know the core on the offensive side of the ball is going to be back. All these rookies and second-year guys, they're, they're coming back next year. So any kind of, of relevant experience you can give them to play in big spots and big games that mean something down the stretch, even if this team doesn't end up making the playoffs. And I don't know what's going to happen here these last five games. Right now, they control their own destiny to get in the postseason. If they win their last five games, the Packers are going to the playoffs. And who knows what happens from there. But the, the point that I'm making is these relevant games down the stretch when the intensity ramps up, when everything means a little bit more, all that that's going to do is assist the development of these young guys. And hopefully, you know, I don't expect this team, even if they make the playoffs, to make a lot of noise in the playoffs. It just gets these guys a little bit hungrier, you know? I I think those are really important things going forward. 
Because as they pointed out last night on the NBC broadcast, the average age of this team is like 25. <laughs> it's just ridiculous how young this football team has become in a very short period of time. Uh, the Wild won again yesterday. And we can make all the jokes about all they had to do is make coaching change, but uh, they are 3-0 with John Hines, and they've outscored their adversaries 13-3 to in three games. That's a good start. And, and again, it's not like they've made major changes. If you watch closely enough, you can see you know, in their breakouts, guys are they run a little different routes, right? They're, they're doing a few different things. Uh, they're, the, and the idea was to try to take some pressure off the defenseman where they, they don't have to shoulder the load so much in their own zone in breaking the puck out. They've been more efficient on their exits. I think of the offensive zone, the defensemen are a little more involved, which is a, always a good thing. And they've had the coverage defensively for the most part. They've had some hiccups, but they, that that allows them to play a little more aggressively. And I think that's a good thing. And we'll see as as we go on here what more John Hines can implement. But it's been it's so far so good. You can't complain about the results. That's for sure. They'll take on the road to Calgary tomorrow, seven forty-five with the coverage on AM seven ten. Great win for the UMV women yesterday, three-two at Wisconsin. They get a split there. Uh, you know, go on the road and beat that team. The Bulldogs have won four of their last six games in Madison, actually, which I did not realize until it was pointed out to me last week that they had won three of four and now make it four of six after this weekend split. And Haley McLeod continues to be incredible in goal. And Ev Gascon's been great, too, but she had no run support on Saturday. Wisconsin won three zip. Ev made 48 saves. Yesterday, Haley made 42 saves, and they got her some goals in the third period. Clara Van Weer and Manny McMahon, Jenna Lowry light the lamp, and the Bulldogs head to St. Cloud this weekend. Another stingy defensive outfit. Uh, St. Cloud State got a 2-1 win at Ohio State on Friday, took down the number one team of the country. They are nothing to sneeze at. This St. Cloud State team is very good, and it should be a great series this weekend in St. Cloud to wrap up the first half of the regular season. I believe those are both afternoon games on Friday and Saturday. Mora Kroll's with us. I think Dave will play that on Wednesday. I'll be out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with the Miami trip coming up. I think you'll have more Kroll to play back on Wednesday. Reese Hunt, I'm hoping to get to him for Thursday, and then we'll talk uh, some men's hockey with the men's hockey player TBD plus Miami coach Chris Bergeron. Uh, that'll all be on the radio show on Friday to wrap up the week. And then we are indeed in Oxford, Ohio, 5.30 pregames Friday and Saturday for the Bulldogs and Miami Redhawks. Uh, UMV gets a split against Omaha. I thought played a really strong game Friday. Got a 4-2 win, a, a very uh, deserved reward. They weren't as good Saturday, and they needed Zach Stasekel to be good, and he was great. Zach was uh, fantastic on Saturday, made 30 saves, but unfortunately, Omaha had 31 shots, and Jack Randall scores in overtime to give the Mavericks a 1-0 win over UMD to get the split. The Bulldogs do get four of six NCHC standings points because they got that game to overtime on Saturday. All right, we're on a timeout. Ryan Phelps, prep update, standing by. We're brought to you by Sanju. Sanju.com, where the cars are, 1050. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Dave Ramsey. Pretty easy. Afternoons on KDAL. 1059, it's a Monday our thanks to Alan Horton of the Timberwolves Radio Network for his time. Back at it tomorrow. Kevin Falmas, Minnesota Wild Radio Network. We'll preview the road trip that starts tomorrow night in Calgary. Also, UMD women's basketball head coach Mandy Pearson off a couple of wins at home this past weekend. 
Plenty to do on the radio show this week. Stick around for all of that all week long. Brad Bennett, Kenny up next with Sound Off to take you through a Monday. Have a great one. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28, FBFM, and 610 KDAL, Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.